Hey ladies, welcome back to Save the Girls Podcast. We're your hosts Jocelyn Haas and Michaela Johnson and continue listening for today's episode. Hey guys, so today's episode is about healing and the process of healing. Um, so I guess I just kind of wanted to share like my story with healing or like I guess the process I'm still in healing and then have Kay share hers as well. Um, but I guess first, like, what is, okay, what's your perspective on healing? And when did you realize, like, oh, dang, like, I have things that I never got over that I need to, like, heal from? Yeah, um, so I went, like I've shared in past episodes, but if you've never listened to, like, the past episodes before, I went to therapy from seventh grade, um, sorry, I'm just screaming. okay. Um, but I went to therapy from seventh grade all the way to high school with a psychologist so she could prescribe meds if she wanted to and I started going there because I said I was going to commit suicide so um going to that it was kind of like surface level problems we talk about what's going on I went from seeing her weekly to like every other week then once a month and then I went back to every week so it would like very fluctuate on what I was when I would go and so then um I was sitting in my I got told at a this Christian class I took that this guy was like, you should try therapy. Like, because I'm a big overthinker and he was like, you should really try therapy. And so wait, so this is recently. Yeah. Like over a year ago now. And he was like, you should really try therapy. And this was after I got saved and I was like, yeah, but I just have a really weird perspective on it. Cause like stuff happened with billing and stuff. So it was really expensive for me to go to therapy. And I was like, "Eh, I just don't want me that to happen to my parents again. And I was like, and I want to go to a Christian counselor. And I didn't know what, I didn't know that was a such thing, that there were actually Christian counselors out there. So then I started going to counseling. And I didn't really realize I needed to heal from things from my past. Like I knew, like my ex, like stuff from my ex relationships and friendships, like that type of stuff like hurt, but I didn't really understand that I need, understood that I still needed to heal from those things. I like honestly thought I was over a lot of it, Mm -hmm. you know, and then starting to talk with my counselor now, it was like we started revealing more and more things that I still need to work on and work through. And the first thing I realized, realized about healing is the smallest things that I was like, oh, I'll be able to get over it like that takes so much longer because mm-hmm. it's it's rooted deeper than I would ever expect. And then what I'm starting to realize is once I uncover one thing, it's like I uncover another thing that I'm just trying to heal from because it's like getting to the root of the things that happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And what healing looks different for every person. It's like people are always like, it's okay not to be okay. That's like a famous Mm -hmm. line everyone says. I used to say it to people, but I'm like, sometimes being sad is very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So like, you don't want to sit in those feelings. You know what I mean? Like you distract yourself, you run away from it, you do everything in your power. That's why a lot of people drink. That's why I drank before because I didn't want to deal with the feelings. But sometimes healing literally looks like just sitting in your sadness and actually actually processing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because... It's hard to actually feel and actually, like, let yourself feel because we're so easy to, like, we have access to anything, any distraction we want, we can distract ourselves from. Mm -hmm. So it's just, like, the feelings, you don't always want to feel them, and you have to feel those things to heal from it. You know what I mean? And I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. And so going back, it's, like, healing for me now is actually sitting and talking 
to my counselor or sitting in my feelings and like thinking about what those feelings are you know what I mean and mm-hmm. how they made me feel and then like reflecting on it and forgiving if it's a person forgiving those people because and one thing it was the first sermon before I get like right when I started going to church that I ever went to and it was about forgiveness and it was like forgiveness isn't for the other person it's for you and Jesus mm-hmm. and it hit me and I was like dude like I'm never going to heal and I'm never going to get over this and I'm never going to like anything if I don't forgive this person. Mm -hmm. Like if I have that hatred built in my heart, it's never going to help me heal from anything. And like forgiveness in the cases of getting hurt by somebody is the the first step at starting to heal from it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I guess like that's pretty much like my perspective on it kind of. What's yours? Um... So it's really crazy because I got so much from when you were talking, but um, going back all the way to how I was raised, really, like my grandparents, my family in general, like nobody talks about their feelings. Nobody talks about problems that are going on. We kind of just push it under the rug and act like it's not there, and then we because we ignore it we're like oh we're all better Mm -hmm. and that's how I was raised so I was taught naturally like they didn't even intentionally teach me but you pick up on your family's tendencies and you pick up on your environment especially as a kid and so I was taught to just suppress my feelings suppress whatever happens we don't talk about it which means it didn't happen basically Mm -hmm. and we move on and then we act like we're fine Mm -hmm. but not realizing when you suppress and suppress and suppress it just roots deeper and deeper and deeper inside of you and so um for I'll just overview kind of like my childhood because I've talked about it in past episodes as well and kind of added it into some of my testimony but um as a child like my grandparents raised me so neither of my parents were primarily in my life um and for those of you who don't have one parent or both parents um you will never or if you don't know what that feels like it is one of the most I want to say excruciating pains that you can grow up with because Mm -hmm. you literally feel like nobody loves you you're already at a very young age for for my experience a baby being abandoned and now you are confused about who is your primary caregiver who you can trust you don't feel safe being vulnerable because you're afraid people are going to leave you and it's just a natural instinct now implanted in you because you never feel good enough because your parents left you mm-hmm. and so um it Yeah, at a very young age, I had very unhealthy attachments to friends, to family. Like, I would have severe separation anxiety. It was hard for me. I couldn't even sleep at people's houses until I was maybe in high school even. And even then, it was really hard for me to, because I was just afraid of not being with people I loved. Like, subconsciously feeling like they were going to leave me. And so, you don't realize how much that really does affect, because then... Later on, I developed unhealthy relationships romantically, and it was I would end up with people that I shouldn't have been with were way too long because I didn't want to leave. Like it was so painful for me to let people go. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of where a lot of my pain rooted. And until I was in therapy, I didn't realize that <laughs> like ways that I act now 
date all the way back from when I was a baby. And even things that I thought I healed from, I still have a lot of forgiving to do. I still have a lot of healing to do. It's not just like, oh, I deal with it one time and it's gone. No, it's a process, especially being 24. That's 24 years of going with certain patterns and habits that I never dealt with or quote unquote healed from because it stemmed from my parents leaving me. It's crazy, but there's so not, not just that situation. There's a lot of things that have happened throughout my life where I have to look back and I'm like, Oh, that's why I react this way now. Cause, and it's crazy cause I just had, um, a counseling meeting today and we were, we were talking about this stuff and I was explaining, not even dealing with anything with childhood. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was just talking about how I've been feeling lately and I'm like, I've just been so irritated and I started crying and like I don't really cry that much especially when I talk about my feelings because I do it a lot I feel like just to Zay or like to Kayla I I talk about my feelings a lot and so at least I feel like I do yeah but I realize that I don't fully open up a lot because it's still hard for me to be vulnerable yeah and so I started talking to her about like how irritated I've been lately and I was just saying like I've been feeling kind of depressed and like anxious and I said it's hard to open up about these things because in the church they almost act like well because you're feeling this way you need deliverance or because you're feeling this way um that means you're not connecting to God enough and then that just adds to the shame Mm -hmm. the guilt and feeling like I'm not doing enough and like don't get me wrong. Some things are demons. Don't get me wrong. But not everything's demons. Right. And we still are in our flesh and that can act up and our minds can act up. And yes, there are demons that torment your mind. I'm not dismissing that at all. But there is sometimes just mental health problems and traumas that we've went through life right. with that still quote unquote haunt us. Right. And um so I was telling her I'm like, I just don't feel safe opening up to a lot of people because I'm afraid they're gonna tell me like I need deliverance, even though I've already been through deliverance, or I'm afraid that they're going to think I'm crazy. And she was just like, Where is this all coming from? Because I just started crying and I'm like, I feel crazy. I was like I just my mind's constantly racing, like I just feel crazy. Right. And I was like and I feel like I'm so anxious about you know, people thinking I'm not connected to God enough or people thinking that, um, I don't know, I did something to feel this way. Yeah, or like you're not living, one thing that really goes in my mind, and this is what I'm like getting from what you're saying, is like you're not living enough, like a Christian enough lifestyle. That's almost how how it makes me feel. Because anxiety and depression is like, well, if you have God, like you shouldn't experience those things. And you're right, like my true joy source does come from the Lord. Right. And of course, I can cast my cares onto him. But there are certain situations where you're just like, I'm always feeling this way, Lord. Mm -hmm. Like, and don't get me wrong, I still pray. I'm still in my word. It's not that. It's just how I was feeling. And she was like, yeah, like, you don't feel safe, like, opening up to people. And she's like, what is causing that? Why do you think you're crazy? Like, what makes you think you're crazy? Is there something in your life that has called you crazy? Is there something, like, rooted deeper, like, you're you've seen somebody act a certain way that you identify as crazy um, and you feel like you're reflecting that. And then as we are talking, um, there is somebody in my life where I opened up to her and I was like, I just don't want to be like, 
I don't want to grow up and end up being like this person. And I just start bawling. And I'm like, I feel terrible saying that. I was like, I feel horrible saying that, but I don't. And I was like, I feel like lately I've been imitating the way that this person acts. And I don't like it. And I was really, really emotional. And she was like, that's where it's coming from. She's like, you have forgiven this person for what they did when you were little, but you haven't fully... Like, when they do something that triggers that emotion again, you don't forgive them for doing it again. She was like, it's a continuous thing. Every time they do it, you have to forgive them. And I was like, I never thought of it that way. It was such a revelation because it's still, like, it's so logical. But sometimes counselors can put it in a way where it's like, wow, like, that makes sense. Right. But I haven't been doing that. And right. that's the logical thing to do. But I still don't do it. Yeah. Because I didn't even think to do it that way. Right. Even though it's so simple. Right. And so um, that's just me going to say that I originally forgave this person, but I have to continue to forgive them. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't doing that. And it just shows that healing and forgiveness, it's a process. Mm-hmm. It's not always a one and done thing. And right. she's like, you don't have, to, you're not crazy for feeling the way that you or you're not crazy for feeling the way that you feel she was like this is how you were raised to deal with your problems this is how all that you've seen it's all that you know right so don't feel like it's your almost like your fault or like something's wrong with you because it's just the environment you grew up in and we all have grown up in certain situations that we wish could have been different or we've all made mistakes and it's like things that you can logically know, but again, you almost feel guilty because you're you're not taking your own advice, right? And um, so yeah, so there's lots of things that I continue to heal from and continue to realize that I need to heal from because right. there's a lot of things I didn't even realize were still there. And um, when I get in my down moods, like I mean, obviously talking to her helped, but. Um, when I get in my down moods, I have to realize, like, you're not always going to be happy, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, two things from when you're talking. When I first started going to our counselor, we don't yeah, go together. Our but, but no, we go to the same lady. When we first start, when I first started going to her, I kept saying, like, I want to figure out what's wrong with me. She's mm-hmm. like, stop saying that. Like, she was like, you need to stop, like, looking at yourself like something's wrong with you. Yeah. Like, and I'm reading this book right now. It's called Get Out of Your Head. Mm-hmm. It's by, um, I have her name, Jenny Allen. Yeah. Um, like, it's a really good book. I'm only halfway through it. I'm such a slow reader. Like, I'll, like, start reading, like, and I'm on fire for reading, and then I'm like, all right, I'm going to take, like, a two-week break, and then I get mm-hmm. back to Anyways, besides the point. She's, and in her book, like, one of the first couple chapters she reads, she was like, sometimes, like, there's a like disconnect like imbalance in your like brain or whatever it is that like causes you to have anxiety like it's just something like you can't control like your body you're just made that way and when she said that it didn't make me like it almost helped me not feeling as crazy because I'm like like you were saying like you almost feel crazy and it's just like why do I feel like I'm insane for feeling this way and it's just like because your mind just keeps going and it's like constant spiral like it's like a spiral 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 and um sometimes you just cannot help it Mm -hmm. and you're like I don't get it but it does help with forgiving 
And I think when I go back to, cause there's things from, like Josh said, like there's things from my childhood that I didn't realize that I dealt with until starting with this counselor, you know, like mm-hmm. she's like, Oh, like this, and she'll bring up points. And like you said, like, it's like, she brings up logical points and then she'll bring up stuff and we'll talk about things. And I'll talk about my feelings. Like Josh said, we'll talk about our feelings together. And then I'm like, I didn't realize I dealt with that or need to like heal from that. Yeah. And it's almost like we suppress like some things mm-hmm. and then it's like, dang. Yeah. Cause when you do get saved, like we're born again, but that doesn't, it erases all the faults we had and stuff. Like it doesn't, it does erase it. You well, know now I mean? you're just under grace. It we're, doesn't mean yeah. that everything just goes away. Yes. That's what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. I was, I was like, how do I put this in like, I don't want to say a biblical form, but, like, how do I put it in, like, good form? Um, Good form. Anyways, besides the point. Um, It's, like, those things that we dealt with for 24 years, 50 years, if you get saved when you're in your 50s, it's all rerouting your thinking Mm -hmm. to how Jesus would think. And if you've gone, because I am very hard on myself sometimes when I have road rage or I'm like upset at a student or I'm upset with somebody. I'm like, why am I like this? Mm -hmm. But it's like, we went how long living this way and Mm -hmm. now we're switching it completely. Like you have to give yourself grace. just like God gives us grace. Mm, That's good. And I didn't, I am just realizing this now, but we're so quick to beat ourselves up. And don't get me wrong, like the Holy Spirit conflicts, convicts us, conflicts us, convicts us. And it's true. It happens. But that's for God to be like, all right, this is what you did wrong. And we're going to fix that. Yeah. And then like, not move on, but like, you can sit with it. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, this is what our counselor just told me like last week. She was like, realize it, recognize what happened, forgive them, be like, all right, whatever. Realize it's not wrong, but you got to move on with your feelings. Like, you got to keep moving forward. And, like, she's like, it's not that the way you were feeling was wrong at all. Because all of our life, if we were told, like, stop crying, like, get yelled at for crying. If we were told that when we were a child, when you think of your own feelings, it's like, my feelings don't matter. Mm. And so now it's almost like we got to heal from the way we treated ourselves too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that's really hard in itself, too, because... You don't even realize some of these things sometimes. Yeah. And it hurts. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to say, too, because I said before, like, in church, it's not church necessarily, yeah. but it could be certain people within church. Yeah. And I just wanted to make that, like, clear. clear yeah. I don't want people to think that I meant, like, oh, you go to church and everybody's going to act like your mental health is just <laughs> Like, yeah. we still talk about mental health in church, don't get me wrong. And it's, Yeah. It's not that. So I was feeling, like, convicted. Like, the Holy Spirit was like, girl, <laughs> it's not church. You got to watch how you talk about church. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Um, sorry, I didn't mean, like, yeah. No, no sorry. No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> but, yeah. So, um, anyway, so moving on. Like, there's different, also different categories of healing. It's not all just, like, old childhood because things happen along the way. So, yeah. like, for me, um. I talked about this today too because when I was in my relation my like unhealthy relationship from when I was I think it was junior year I can never really remember like perfect timelines but I think it was my junior year until like two or three years after high school so I was with them for about four years um there was a lot of a lot of abuse a lot of 
hurt that happened within that relationship. And so that, when I first started going to therapy, that's what I mainly focused on. I just focused on this relationship and only talked about getting out of that relationship because that was the main pressing issue in my life was this toxic relationship because Mm -hmm. it was really dangerous. Right. And um, so that's all we focused on. We barely talked about childhood stuff. We barely talked about anything else but him for about three to four years when I was in therapy. Dude, that is crazy to Which me. is crazy to think about, right? So, um, so, yeah, I didn't really get to work out anything else. So when I left there, I was like, okay, it helped a little bit with my codependency. It helped me be able to notice what an unhealthy relationship looks like. But now I still feel all these things and I don't know what to do. But I was kind of outgrowing. I don't want to say outgrowing my um, counselor before. But it kind of got to the point where we knew each other. So like she knew me so well that she almost forgot to ask certain questions. And our sessions started to get shorter because she felt like we had already dealt with everything. Because the relationship issue was resolved. Mm -hmm. I was out of that. And... um, so yeah, so then I when I started going to this counselor, now I have all the other stuff to work on. Yeah. And it was like, I was telling her today, sometimes it can feel like I've made no progress. Even though in your mind you know that you've made progress, you know that you have moved forward, but then you're like, well, I'm still dealing with this. It feels like I'm back at square one. Mm-hmm. Like I'm back to crying. I'm back to thinking about my childhood. I'm back to thinking about this hurt with my parents that I felt like I forgave and all of these things. And I was like, now I feel like I've made no progress and like I've backtrailed. And she said, she's like, it's not, she's like, I didn't know you back then, but I can only imagine you probably have made progress. But when you come, when those emotions come back up, you're put back in the place where you feel like you've made no progress. Dude. Which you know is true. But it's, like, hard for you to actually believe that because right. we are our hardest critics. Like, right. I know, especially for me, I'm so hard on myself. Right. It doesn't matter. Like, I have to be super critical of myself so that when somebody else criticizes myself, I'm like, oh, I already thought worse of myself. Right. Because it would hurt less knowing that I already told myself that than for you to tell me it first. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, dude. It's crazy that our brains do that to us. It's nuts. The mind is so intricate but so annoying. Very. Like, <laughs> very. I feel like if people could hear my thoughts when I'm like in a like I don't want to say a mental breakdown, but when I'm in like a moment of like feeling mm-hmm. like I'm gonna break down, it's like I wish some people could hear my thoughts. Yeah. Because like you would be like, this is wild. And there's been times where I'm like sitting there and it's just like one thought comes and then it goes like all the way down to like Committing suicide is crazy mm-hmm. at that sounds and people are like, I feel like if I said it out loud, people would be like, oh, like, all right. But honestly, you'd probably be surprised because I don't want to say it's normal because it's not normal, but a lot of people deal Go with Go through it. that, dude. And um, it reminds me, because for those of you who don't know, I work at a homeless shelter and we work with women, like homeless women, and there's a women and children's and then there's just a single woman's. Um, side to it Mm -hmm. and you obviously see a lot of addiction a lot of mental health issues a lot of trauma because some of them are dv um and so 
we have to, with those types of people, we have to have extra grace and extra patience because you can know that somebody's mentally ill. It doesn't make them less annoying, let me tell you. Because when they're sitting there bugging you all day, yelling at you, screaming at you, asking you to do everything for them, your flesh does want to rise up and get really mad. Right. But you have to remember their situation. You have to humble yourself and be like, they're going through a lot right now. And we have meetings every month. And um, one of my supervisors was sharing this story how she had did this exercise. I forget if I've shared this on here before. But she was doing this exercise. I don't remember where she was. It was like some kind of training. And um, it was where they had different mental illnesses and then you would put on the headphones and it would be like you're thinking the way that that person is thinking. Like it was the um, thoughts and words that that person's mind was saying. Um, And so she said she did it for four hours. She had these headphones on for four hours and it was a woman who was schizophrenic. And she was like, you would not imagine the thoughts that pop up in people who have schizophrenia what it's like to be in their mind Mm -hmm. and she's like we have to remember that and humble ourselves and give these people grace um and she was like and honestly some days let them feel like they won she was like even though we know that they didn't (laughs) let them feel like they won at something she was like even even if it's the smallest thing Like, it could be just telling them that they're right in an argument. Telling them something where they feel like they walked away winning at something. Because they lose in so many areas of their life. And I was like, whoa. That is humbling. Because some of these women, even though they're in really unfortunate circumstances, act pretty entitled. And, I mean, I know it's not coming from a place of entitlement, but it's hard to deal with sometimes and it's draining Mm -hmm. and it's exhausting and Mm -hmm. some days some days are super rewarding and some days you're like I just want to sleep for five days because that was such a draining day yeah and um so yeah like I was saying all that to say we don't know what it's like to be in somebody's mind right and everybody deals with different types of issues within their mind and different types of insecurities and different types of thoughts that pop up or lies from the enemy and if we don't renew our mind every day in some form listening to the word reading the word praying these are all forms of renewing your mind if we don't do that every day of course we're going to start agreeing with what the world has to say and what the enemy whispers because that's more accessible if we're not constantly filling ourselves up with the word of god mm-hmm. not to say that it makes everything go away because it doesn't always but if we're doing that every single day it'll become a habit for us when the bad thing comes up to counteract it with a good thing right and that's the point that i'm building myself up in now because i although i can read the word although i do pray you have to have it i want to say somewhat memorized like you have to have it in your heart you have to know it and so I'm really trying to get to the point of memorizing scriptures when an anxious thought comes up to counteract it with that scripture. Or when I'm feeling depressed and can't get out of bed one day, remembering that scripture and reminding myself who God says I am and reminding me myself the promises of God. Mm-hmm. Because even though our lives might seem hopeless, there is always hope in the Lord 
and for those who are in Christ. So, um, and I'm reading again the book right now, and she says like when a thought comes in like I'm not good enough like instead of like letting that thought spiral like we have to back it up with what God says kind of like what Joss is saying like having the scripture written on our hearts yeah. like when the enemy comes at us saying like we're not good enough like we're not worthy like come back with like being like no but my God says I am worthy and I am good enough and having like God's because trust me like I'm not one to really remember a lot like I scripture is very hard for me to re remember mm -hmm. especially if it's like in King James version like the vows and they and mm -hmm. like it's very confusing but like to have it known in the way God interpreted it to you and have that written on your heart and like remembering those things like okay this is what God says mm -hmm. in the word mm -hmm. like these are his words and having that written on your heart and having that in your mind and don't get me wrong because sometimes when you're in those like bouts of depression and sadness like it's hard like you don't want to just be like oh this is what God says like it's hard in those moments but like that's how we get our spirit built back mm -hmm. up and yeah dude so in those moments too like when I don't have the strength to say it I'll listen to a sermon or I'll that's listen good. to the bible mm -hmm. because sometimes genuinely I don't have the strength to open my bible not mm -hmm. not in like a I have a demon type of way but like yeah. a I just am really drained. drained. I had a long day at work and I will listen to the word mm -hmm. and that helps me listening yeah. to a pastor's revelation or listening to the Holy Bible app. They, you can actually listen to it right. out loud. And so I'll do that because it's still getting the word in, get right. it in how you can. Right. You know, even in worship music, I, cause worship. yeah, music, I feel like for a lot of people, a lot of people get like hear God through music and music is one way that I really relate to God. I love music. So then it's like sometimes like all I have energy to do is listen to worship music and do the things I need to do or like get something in. Driving in the car, you can pray, you can listen to worship music. Like there's all forms, you know? Yeah, exactly. There's so, not one way. Right. And I think one thing that newer believers struggle with or at least what I struggled with um, was how do I pray? Uh-huh. Like, what do I say to God for yeah. him to hear me? Sometimes I still struggle with that, too. All it is is a conversation. Right. Like, you can talk to God the same way I talk to Caleb, the mm -hmm. same way I'm talking on the podcast. Like, Lord, this is what I'm really struggling with. And if that's not even how you naturally talk, you could just be like, God, I don't know if you hear me, but I'm really struggling right yeah. now. And, like, that, he hears you. That's praying. Right. We always think that they, we have to be like, and... You said in your word that this, this, and this. And it is good to recite scripture to the Lord because he loves that. He It shows him that, you know, we know what we're talking about. We know right. his word. But it doesn't always have to be that way. Right. Like, I talk to him on the way to work. I'm like, Lord, strengthen me for whatever this day has to hold. Because let me tell you, the minute Man. you walk in there, you got to be ready. You got to be ready. You have to have somebody. that belt of righteousness. You have to be ready for somebody to be throwing something. You have to be ready for somebody to be trying to start some stuff right when you walk in the door, having you do everything for them, bring them back to their rooms, take them to breakfast. Okay, let me stop. But for real, like you have to be ready at my job to walk in and be 
Yeah. I literally, <laughs> I literally was talking to one of my coworkers, and I'm like, yeah, after I saw how breakfast went, I came back in this office and anointed myself with oil. I said, and she started cracking up. She was like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, i got to keep all that negative stuff away from me today. Not today, Jesus. And I had a great day. Because I honestly feel like it's because I did. I was like, the blood of Jesus protect me. And it was so funny because you know how, like, anointing oil has a certain smell? Yeah. And so (laughs) my supervisor walked in the office and she was like, it smells, she's like, I know this sounds horrible, but it smells like old people. And I was just sitting there like, I need to put perfume on because I'm sure not telling her that I have anointing oil on me. <laughs> She'd be like, um, why'd you do that? Be like, mm. No, I would tell her straight up because, girl, let me tell you, when you get here at 5 a.m. and everybody's already off their rocker, mm-hmm. you need to be ready. Right. You need to be ready to have that on you. Yes. But, Yeah. Anyway, I hope that that conversation was healing to somebody. Yes. And it just helps bring light to the fact that healing is a process. Deliverance is a process. Mm -hmm. It's not just a one and done thing for most people. Yeah. Multiple traumas, multiple situations come up throughout our lives that we're going to consistently need healing from. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with you because of that. That's something that I have to minister and remind myself as well because we can feel like something's wrong with us when our mental state isn't where we know it should be Mm -hmm. or when our mental state doesn't reflect what's in the Word of God. We have to remind ourselves that God gives us grace and He constantly is looking at us, loving us. So we have to look at ourselves just like how how we have to love our neighbor. We also have to look at ourselves like that and love ourselves, not in a self-righteous type of way, but in a type of way where I'm also in the image of God and I have to love myself that way like I would love Kay or like I would love you listening. I have to love myself that way as well. So, Mm -hmm. yes. So follow us on Instagram. That's our most active social media. So I always say Instagram, but we are on all other platforms as well. So you can follow us there too at Save the Girls Podcast. TikTok, Facebook. We love you guys and we hope you have a great week.